most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real talk station. Your 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program. 323-203-0815 on the LegalZoom self-help hotline. LegalZoom, trademarks, corporations, wills, they got it all. Make sure you use referral code GREEN to get the Green Room discount on checkout. And I'd like to welcome onto the program my main man, my left-hand man, Logan Lystico, returns back in studio. Whoa, 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 what's up? <laughs> all right, Logan. <laughs> Waited a couple months for that intro, and, and oh, boy, wow. was it worth it. Well, thanks for coming on, Logan. Logan, you know, it's a very special program. We have a very special guest in studio for the first time ever, <laughs> the real Tom Green, Tom a.k.a. Green. my dad. Dad, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Oh, I'm a little nervous. This is I didn't realize this was such a big uh, production out here. Yeah. pretty. What? So what do you think of uh, L.A. as a city, first off? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's pretty overwhelming. There's... Uh, you know, these, these cities are all interconnected. I like it out here. Yeah? You having a good time so far? Yeah, so far I'm having a good time. But like I said, this this place is really nice. I thought it was like a dive out here. This is, <laughs> I, wasn't well, yeah. really, I wasn't really sure what to wear. Yeah, well, no, yeah, well, it's radio, so yeah, it doesn't matter. You, yeah, I think you picked it. But you got, a, you got a polo shirt on and looking sharp for the appearance. I <laughs> appreciate second, that. It's the second time I'm wearing this. Don't tell, don't tell your mom that. Oh, you, so you wore it twice without washing it? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I hung it up in their room and I put it over by the uh, fan. So, so you, you you're count still that, overdressed. You count so. that as a wash? If you have a lot of air blown over for a couple of days, it kind of cleans it up. So. Well, that's funny that you say that because it rem- reminds me of a classic time when we went camping in uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. And I don't know if you remember this, but when we were setting up the campsite, it was pouring down rain. And we all, do you remember that, Dad? I remember that. We got uh, totally soaked. And then I remember the next day, Instead of just hanging her clothes out to dry, you thought you'd expedite the process, so you threw your T-shirt on the grill, and uh, it was one of those it was one of those hyper color beach volleyball T-shirts from Kmart, and I still remember the smell of of the burnt shirt as uh, as as, as you're letting it cook on the fire, and then you took it off and you wore it the rest of the the camping trip, and and uh, still try to keep Did it in your regular everywhere you went. That's when a shirt starts getting good. Man. <laughs> Well, and then my dad, my dad left it on there until you know it was supposed to be part of his regular rotation until my mom found out, and then uh, she had to throw it out. So I can tell my dad was a little bummed about that. Yeah. All right, we got a we got a caller here. Call, caller, you're on the air. Uh, yes, this is Uncle Tom. Uh, well, you're on. <laughs> this is uh, this is Rob, cousin Rob, calling in. Rob, thanks for calling in. You're you're on the green <laughs> room with uh, Uncle Tom. Do you have a question? Hey, Rob, what's up, man? <laughs> What's going on, man? Not much. How are you doing out there? Doing great, man. You got a question did, for my dad? The, uh, 
No, you're warming up. Turn your radio down. <laughs> yes, I was waiting for Yeah, you. can you turn your radio down, Rob? We, that seems to be a running problem here on the program. <laughs> Well, hey Rob, you watch the uh, you watch the Flyers come back and win? Absolutely, yes. I've been glued to them. I cannot say that I'm a diehard uh, hockey fan, but uh, I have watched them a lot more this year than I normally have, and I'm pretty yep. happy about how it panned out. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yep. Um, well, actually, I got a, a clip here of um, the Flyers post game show, where right after right after they win the <laughs> Eastern um, the Eastern Finals to go to the Stanley Cup, they do a Comcast does the live post game show, and uh, I don't know, Dad, if you missed this, but uh, there's a little slip up on air. Can you turn over your right shoulder? There's a young lady over your right shoulder. Yes, right there. Yeah. yeah talk, what, what, what she think about the win? She's very, very happy, and oh, she's, she's happy. ecstatic. Hold on. What did you think about the win? Fucking amazing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> did, did we just get beeped? <laughs> No, they didn't get beeped at all. They totally let that go out on air. <laughs> all right, Rob. Well, uh, well, thanks for calling in, man. All right, man. Kick Chuck's ass for me, all right? All right, I will. It's <laughs> talking about our brother Chuck. Well, Dad, you're talking about, uh, you know, turning the radio down. That that seems to be quite an issue when you call into the program. Still trying to wrap your head around it. And April Fools rolled around, and I, I thought it would be a funny, practical joke to call my dad on air and tell him that I had gotten a chick pregnant. So if you guys missed this from an earlier broadcast, here, uh, the, the best part is my dad's reaction. I was expecting some sort of like freak-out moment. You know, that's what you're looking for in a practical joke. You, you want a strong reaction. You want the person to be engaged, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. This changes everything. Well, listen to how my dad reacts to the news that I have just gotten a woman pregnant. What's going on, Dad? How you doing, man? Oh, first off, I for uh, the listeners at home, while I was testing He's this, so happy to hear from you, by the way, right off the bat. Yeah, while I was while I was testing this clip uh, before we started the show, it really freaked my dad out. Like he was, you know, hearing his own voice on the clip there. I think it, I think it rattled him a little bit. It's like when a dog sees his reflection in a mirror; he can't handle it. <laughs> Well, I uh, I'm I'm doing all right. I know this comes at a weird time. I, I was talking to Ron before, and I I didn't know how to kind of tell you this. Don't don't it's, do it. No, it's don't it's, do it. It's kind of a big announcement, and I feel like I should just tell everyone at once. But I I got some good news for you, Dad. You're gonna be a grandfather. Really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> that's, that's a great question, Dad. How'd that happen? Well, I think I think you know how it happened. I, I'd been seeing this girl, uh, Casey Jacobs. Uh, things were going pretty good. And, I, you know, obviously, I don't want to call my future son or daughter a mistake, but things happen, and I'm going to take care of it. But I, I just wanted to let you know, and I wanted to let everyone listen to the show, that Ooh. I'm going to be a father, and, and you're going to be a grandfather. All right. Before we get into that, I had a question for you. Sure. You know how you always call in, and uh, like if you call in on WIP, you have to turn your radio down? Yeah. You have to tell people to turn their computers down? Right, yes. I... <laughs> now, Dad, why is that your first question? Wouldn't you have any other questions besides that, perhaps about about you being a new father or a grandfather? I don't know. I just couldn't uh, get my head around what you were saying. There. Okay. I, I imagine he didn't want to talk about it on the radio. Yeah, I'm thinking and he was just so. like, uh, let's talk about that later. I'm gonna ask you some questions. 
Like, humana, humana, humana. Yeah. <laughs> you want to put your mom on? Yeah, that's the next time. Like, right now, you're on mute. If I put this unmuted. Yeah, no, you would get feedback, Dad. Uh, things are going really? Yeah, don't see how <laughs> you know, bad that sounds. Speakers, bad. all right? Turn the radio down and listen to me. Okay. So, are you excited to be a grandfather? I don't know. That would make me feel old. That's a no. Yeah, that's, that's specifically why that happened, to try to make you feel old. Alright, well, let me. I'll, uh, you want me to get your mother on the line? <laughs> Tell her that. Um, He's the one that started to be a grandparent. <laughs> so there you go. You just immediately pass it off to mom. Yeah. Let her deal with it. As a defensive maneuver. All right, Dad. Well, we have you in studio. I thought it'd be I thought it'd be fun to do a little uh, pop culture quiz, real quick. Right. Catch you up on pop culture. All right, three questions. Let's see, Logan. How many questions do you? Th- what do you think the over under? I didn't do very good on this quiz. Yeah, the last time. Last time he didn't do that well. <laughs> I got one what are the questions five. about? Just uh, three pop culture, like three of the biggest things going on in pop he culture right do now. Do well usually? Not usually, no. <laughs> you were there for that last one. Two out of three. All right. Yeah. All right, Dad. Now this this woman is a singer known for wearing colorful masks. Very popular a singer. First name Lady Lady Blank. Lady. Lady Blank. She's got her her name is a two part name. Lohan. No, no. Uh, it's a stage name. Like it's not a. Yeah, it's it's not a real name. Godiva? No, sorry. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Right. Oh, Gaga. Oh, yeah, Lady Gaga. Everybody knows her. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Dad. Uh, well, let's move it along in the pop culture quiz. Now, this is a, uh, it's a brand new movie coming out. It's actually a sequel. Blank and the City. Sex in the City. No, we have a winner. Yes. All right, you're did. one out of three. Will <laughs> you hit the, the two out of three? <laughs> To get to show that Logan was right, that he was on the same page with you about pop culture. Okay, now this is a television program. It's a show about an island. It's aired on ABC. Very popular program. Just had its season finale and series finale. It's a show about an island. The Lost Island? Ah, uh, Judges? Uh, I think that's... Come on. Do you know what All the right. show's called? No. <laughs> Oh, it's lost. It's lost. The lost? No, it's just called lost. lost. All right, that's uh, close enough. Come all right. On. What is it about? I, you always throw oh, in. Logan, give me a, <laughs> two out of three. You oh, always God, throw I in. You, the, I thought you were saying. Well, I'm I thought out, you yeah, knew I'm out in California. It's the five, the one ten. <laughs> it's the you know whatever the four oh five. So. Now is I'm this is this some of your stand up dad? On the way over here, you said you you thought about possibly going into stand up. Now what? I'm thinking about it. Well, what type of uh, material would you get into? I don't want to your style. No, uh, no, come on. If you do, you want to uh, you want to try out some of the material here? What would you no, do? I don't really have any material. I would just like to, you know, stand up and crack jokes. Right. Well, what, what kind of jokes would you crack? Uh, that would be timing based. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you mentioned timing a few times. jokes, you know. Like a Bob Newhart type joke, just where you you start to tell a joke. Like uh, I had a friend of mine who used to say, uh, "Hey Tommy, let me tell you a funny story." And so you immediately started thinking about you, you're getting ready to laugh. He didn't really ever have to say anything, but whatever he did finally say was funny. 
because he had like this, uh, just a little bit of a delay before he said it. Yeah, the anticipation, he kind of left so, you hanging. So I'm just thinking of trying to, you know, capitalize on that. But capitalize on your natural timing. Over, <laughs> I don't know if that would, how that would work over like an hour program. <laughs> yeah, you said your plan was to just go up there and then not, you have not the right do material for really, that to work. You can't make not do any jokes, but just guy. wait, you know. Just yeah. the anticipation that you were going to tell a joke like that would be... that one uh, Saturday Night Live skit, uh, here he comes. The yeah, Andy Kaufman <laughs> when he did the Mighty Mouse thing. Yeah, and then he never said anything the next set, and that was hysterical. Are you yes. kidding me? I'm still laughing about that. <laughs> <laughs> You've been laughing for 25 years straight off one <laughs> SNL bit. Now, I was, I was laughing the other night. We went out for Korean barbecue. It was a good time. Do you enjoy yourself, Logan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a great time. He's a good know. dog, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna get to that. That's your this woman who doesn't know English at all, trying to be very nice. And uh, then you asked I knew she couldn't understand. You asked multiple times, <laughs> Is this dog? Is this dog? Oh man. Now what kind of reaction are you looking to get from that woman? Well, I I knew she couldn't understand what I was saying. I was looking for a reaction out of you. <laughs> <laughs> well then, you, then this other guy, the this other Korean uh, waiter or busboy, I think, came up, and my dad goes, "Hey, uh, so what part of Korea are you from?" And I, I don't even think he knew that. He's like, oh, and you go, "Oh, you're probably from South Korea." Oh man, it's pretty crazy going with that submarine getting sunk. I bet you're pretty worried. I bet your family's still over there. What do you think of this whole situation? You guys think you're gonna go to war? I bet, you, I bet you're pretty worried. <laughs> Yeah, he was worried. <laughs> no, he didn't. He had no idea what you were saying. Yeah, it's true. It reminds me of the time he when... I thought I was ordering the short ribs. <laughs> it reminds me of the time when we went down to Aruba. We took a nice family vacation down to Aruba, but this was maybe three or four months after the Natalie Holloway disappearance. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> Why is that funny to you? <laughs> no, no, go ahead and tell the story. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, every person that was... Every person on the island, my dad asked about information. Late lady coming to change the towels. So you seen that Natalie Holloway around? What do you think happened there? You got any information? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Then my dad made us go to Senior Frogs because that was the last place she was seen. And he wanted to cut loose. And then you got really drunk. And, uh, well, I was in a beer chugging contest, too. It was fun. And then you started uh, Madonna's Holiday came on. I'll never forget this. Madonna's Holiday came on, that song, like, Holiday! And my dad's got a giant sombrero. He's just banging along to the table. Right. My mom turns beet red with embarrassment. She reaches over. She grabs my dad's hands to hold him down to stop him from banging on the table to the beat. My dad, without missing, without skipping a beat, Throws his head to the side, chucks the sombrero off, and starts tapping his head <laughs> on the table to the busy of Madonna's Holiday. Yeah. What do you have to say uh, for yourself, Dad? Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the time we were sitting at the beach there right outside the country. Oh, yeah. You like this story, too. Yeah. They were, like, banging away. They were they were digging up a broken pipe or something. It was only, like, 20 feet off the shore. And all of a sudden, the buzz on the on the beach there was, you know, they were digging for something. So I finally, I was sitting there with uh, your Uncle Mark, and I, I walked down to the guys that were doing the digging, and I started talking to them for about 10 minutes. I came back up, and everybody on the beach was looking at me like, what did he say? What did he say? And real loud, I yelled out, they're looking for a dead body. <laughs> now, where's the... <laughs> That was, that there was, there was a lot of Canadians there. They were like looking at us. Oh, my God. They all start going wrong. Wow. 
Well, oh man. Speaking of uh, foreign countries, you recently <laughs> came back from a trip to Turkey. You were over in Turkey doing some business over there. And uh, you want to set up this clip, Dad? Uh, this this might be the call to prayers, which uh, if you never <clears> heard it, can be a little bit a uh, little bit frightening. It sounds like they're they're cutting the guy's toes off. But <laughs> as it turns out, you know the Muslims pray five times a day, once before you know, daybreak and then during the day. And I happened to go up to uh, the old part of Ankara. It was a castle. And I was sitting there at a cafe having a uh, a nice cold beer. It's Ephes is the, is the beer over there. Now, Just, it's a Muslim country, but they don't, they're cool to you drinking beer? Oh, or yeah, Turkey? yeah. It's, it's a very Western-leaning country. It's, it's a clean country. There are a lot of smart young people. And it was really uh, enjoyable to go over there. But... Uh, you know, they have a strong Muslim community, and uh, they actually do the recording of the call for prayers live at one point within the capital, and then all the other mosques, you know, uh, get these 1945 speakers going, and they're they're all a little bit out of sync, but uh, I was halfway through my lunch, and I happened to be about maybe 100 yards from the speaker, and if you put it on, you'll get a a sense of what it's like to have a call to prayers in uh, Turkey. What are you doing when this is going on? I saw you filming the one just, guy. I was just, you know, I was really just kind of taking it in. It really kind of set me back. I mean, that's, uh, you know, five times a day you got to get over to the mosque and um, and say your prayers. Although I think most of them just go on Friday at noon. But it was, uh, it was kind of an eerie feeling when when you get that coming at you from. Um, I mean, I was over there by myself. I was, you know, like I said, walking around. It's the oldest part of the city. It was an old castle, and uh, with these stone walls, it was just uh, it was just incredible. So, what was it like being the only, or did you meet any other Americans over there? Uh, I didn't really meet a lot of Americans. It's, uh, you know, I was there a couple days, and I was looking around the one day, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm the only guy here that's wearing shorts. <laughs> nobody in Turkey wears shorts, and the other thing is nobody wears like a baseball cap. So, uh, I mean, I think I stuck out like a sore thumb, but, um, you know, I get to know some of the locals, you know, Mary Haba, that means hello in Turkey, and uh, they all, uh, especially, you know, in the engineering community, they all speak English, and it's not too hard to, to get around, and, um, no, it wasn't hard finding a beer or just uh, getting out at the cafes and meeting some neat people. And Sounds yeah, like a good really, time. Yeah. All right, so let's, uh, for the listeners out there, let's give a... Let's give a brief history. Let's give him a little Tom Green biography. So you were you were born in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, born and bred in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Okay. Went to uh, Notre Dame uh, Elementary School, Notre Dame Catholic School. I had 12 years of Catholic school. Got into the Air Force and uh, went now, through a Jewish college, Lehigh University. <laughs> Lehigh University is a Jewish college? Well, it's not Jewish college. It's uh, there's a lot of Jews from New York sending their kids to Lehigh University. <laughs> All right, and that's where you met. Um, that's where you met Mom. Describe what it was like uh, meeting Mom. How'd that work out? Oh, crazy! I don't know. I don't really remember. <laughs> it was, uh, 
I was at a fraternity party. I was, uh, it was basically the town frat. I mean, I was from the, the hometown. And so I was really still hanging out with my friends from uh, high school. And uh, we went up to the town frat, and uh, her sister came up to me. Her sister, Carol Lee, came up to me and said, uh, you know, Lisa really kind of likes you. And I thought, oh, my God, is that the same girl that used to, my sister Kathy would bring around the house? Yeah, so, so my my your sister used to, or still is yeah, or good was friends good with, friends uh, with, um, with Lisa so, with my mom. Yeah, she came around and I thought, oh my god, I gotta get up some nerve here. So I went downstairs and drank a couple cups of green punch. It <laughs> <laughs> got up the nerve to to go and say, you know, ask her out or I don't know what I said to her, but uh, God bless her, she <laughs> hung in there with me and uh, no. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard some. You used to tell stories about the place you lived in college called the Kennel. Yeah, Describe what it was like living in the Kennel. Well, the Kennel was a little place. Uh, it was like a third story. It was really like an attic that was converted over into, um, uh, you know, three bedrooms. There was three of us in a kitchen. The kitchen we only used for like the first two weeks because then nobody cleaned it and it became like a toxic waste dump. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the end of the semester till. You know, we got the thing cleaned up, but, uh, yeah, we had some good uh, stories from the kennel. Now, what, uh, describe how you, used to get, how you used to clean your clothes back in college. Well, this, that was going back, actually, in high school. I used to work down in Wildwood, New Jersey at a fish market, and um, the first summer, I didn't know anything about washing clothes, so what I would do is just take my clothes off and throw them in the bottom of the tub and then take a shower. <laughs> Just squirt some shampoo on them and just kind of step on them, rinse them out, wring them out good, and set them out back, and then they'd air out. So, but you're go. you're working at you're working a job in uh, Wildwood, New Jersey, gutting fish, and you're cleaning your clothes by washing them in the shower. Yeah, yeah. yeah I used to work at a. Uh, I was 12 hours a day. I was um, basically a squid packer. That was my job, was to take little you know bits of squid and roll them up into plastic wrap and put them on a tray and then we'd freeze them and then sell them to the fishermen and the best part about that job we'd sit out on the the docks during the day and uh, we'd take like a little ice cube and put it in a squid and tie a string to it and about three feet later you can tie up another piece of squid and then the seagulls would come down into the bay you throw it out in the bay and they'd they'd swallow it and they'd go flying off and then another seagull would try to hit the trailer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that he would be up there. Well, so they would out. end up fighting it out, the yeah, two yeah, seagulls? Yeah, yeah, it would be like a cheap form of entertainment in uh, Wildwood, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you always um, told me stories about the ZFL. You were the commissioner of the ZFL. As a commissioner, yeah. Describe what the ZFL is. Well, the to... ZFL was the Zit Football League. My uh, <laughs> nickname in high school was Zit. Now, how'd you get that nickname? <laughs> well, how do you think? I had... Uh, <laughs> Sophomore year, the chin strap used to irritate my chin, so I get a lot of acne and stuff. And I didn't really mind Zick, because we all busted on each other. But my my sister, when she showed up at Becca High, she was known as Little Zit. And, uh, she, I think today she took that personally. She's still angry at you for that? Yeah, yeah. But the uh, yeah, we had a good group of guys, man. We would, um, you know, and we all had nicknames for each other. Like the one guy, Deuce. Actually, when he was high school, he was named Ace. Then he went to, to um, in grade school, he was Ace. Then he went to high school, he was known as Deuce. He also was known as the Missing Link. You know, like, <laughs> Why'd you call him that? 
Well, he had like a Neanderthal look to him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's, he was funny. Now, uh, your one buddy told me to ask about the beer barn. What was that like? Or what was the beer barn? The beer barn? Um, hmm, I don't remember. Who, who asked you that? I don't know. Uh, Sean's dad or something? Sean's dad. I remember the one time he eats uh, Uncle Danny's friend. Uh, All right. Uh, it's not ringing a bell. It. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> so beer barn's not ringing a bell? No, it's not doing it for me, man. Now, you're telling me a story. You were hanging out with some of your old high school buddies watching the Flyers game, uh, game seven, when they ended up coming back. Who were, the, who were some of the guys you were hanging out with? You said you Oh, were... that was um, uh, Mongo. Uh, <laughs> that's his nickname, Mongo. We also used to call him Hook. He had a little bit of a hook on his nose. And um, he's a, he was an Italian guy. and uh, He got it the worst. Or something. Oh, man, yeah. yeah we used Mongo to... and Hook. <laughs> but we were good friends. We were good friends then. Well, Mongo shirt today. for Mongoloid? Yeah, yeah, he's like he had a Mongolian look. Oh, okay. But the uh, funny thing about him was you go over to his house when we were in eighth grade and um, you couldn't walk through the living room because his mom was a clean freak and she would run the vacuum every day and she would know if we were in the house because we'd step across the rug and we'd have like footprints on the rug. So we had to go like circumvent certain rooms when we were there. She was the type. She still had the plastic on the furniture. Uh so he was there, and then my other friend Kozlowski, he was there, and uh, it was just fun to meet up with him and watch that uh, Flyers game, which was crazy. Well, you're telling me the story about the one guy who used to be the cornerback on the high school team? Uh, what do you call him, the weed or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was Kozlowski. Okay. Yeah, his nickname was the weed. And uh, I still, he used to, you know, he, he would play cornerback, and we'd come back for some of these games, and I still remember the poor guy. We'd be on the bus, and the entire we, – we'd lose the game, like, you know, 21 to nothing. It'd be like three long passes to his side. So on the way back, we would start chanting all the way back, the weed got burned. The weed got burned. <laughs> How did he take that? <laughs> well, he did okay for himself. I mean, that's what, you know, for me, high school was the hardest part of my life. Since then, it's been – Pretty much downhill. <laughs> it's been a breeze raising a breeze. me. No, no problems. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you, you get a certain, uh, I guess, shell, or you know, you get uh, you get used to you know people messing with you. You learn uh, get how some to thick deal skin. With other <laughs> All right. Well, we're talking about football here. One of our favorite football broadcasters, Chris Berman. I don't know if you've ever heard this clip, Dad, but this is Chris Berman kind of talking off ca- after the cameras are off. Someone else is recording this. But this is like a Monday night game, I don't know, in the 2000s. Understand, tonight is awful in here. Awful. No, no, it's already awful. <laughs> I saw this on the schedule, Jets during the Christmas holiday. I fuck, I took four du-du-du's at 6 <laughs> o'clock knowing what was what this would be. <laughs> now he's got to explain what they you are. You know what a du-du-du is? Canadian aspirin with a little bit of codeine in it. You know, just enough to give you that pop. I mean, you buy it over the counter up there, you can't hear. It's like 10 bucks up there, but it's like 100 bucks prescription here. So you, you put it in the, all the corners of your suitcase. Do you have anything to declare? Oh, no. <laughs> eh? <laughs> Basically, Chris Berman admitting to smuggling drugs That's from Canada. Dude, dude, dude. funny. It's 
Sounds like out of a movie. You always hope to have one Blue Jay game a year. <laughs> you go to the Canadian CBS. It's funny. Yeah, but those uh, bottles, 250, you know, count of uh, 222s. Yes, here they are. Where did you get this? I'll take this four of them. Funny. And they go, they, no, they always it's go, from easy. the States, eh? <laughs> This is an impression do, of Canadians. Do, do, do. You, never had, you never take... Do, do, do. Yeah, just a little drop. <laughs> it's so 8% Cody never hurt anybody. <laughs> uh, that's a great line. Well, Chris Berman, obviously our, one of our favorite sportscasters. One of our arch rivals, Dad, Jimmy Johnson. He led the Dallas Cowboys to many a Super Bowl against our, against our Eagles. And now... I mean, he seemed to be doing well for himself. He got the Fox broadcasting gig, seems to be doing all right. And then I saw him. Now he's he got a job. He is now the new spokesman for oh, Extends. Uh, We're here to tell you about Extends, the number one male enhancement tablet. The simple tablet that can maximize... You know, Jimmy, I think most of the people watching know about Extends by now. <laughs> everywhere. Uh, they still so have weird. weird people. Where? It's on TV. You can hear Jimmy Johnson. Well, this smiling. is actually Jimmy Johnson, the football coach, and then hanging out with Jimmy Johnson, the NASCAR racer. TV, billboards, magazines. They sponsor race cars, fighters. Yeah, you're right. People know Extends has sold over a billion tablets. Been on the market for almost 10 years. <laughs> Why are we here? Well, we could let guys know that Extends is not about being inadequate or lacking anything. It's about maximizing what you already have. I know something about taking things from good to great, and that's what Extends can do for guys. It can take an average or good thing and make it great. Uh, what a weird analogy to good what thing. a weird analogy to make. Like, oh yeah, the same way that I turned around the Dallas Cowboys football franchise is the same way you can turn around your small genitalia <laughs> by Extends. Now, oh, we'll send you a week's supply of Extends absolutely free. All you pay for is the postage stamp. And we'll also send you an invitation to have dinner with Jimmy Johnson at an upcoming Extends dinner event. Now, Dad, would you be interested in attending an upcoming Jimmy Johnson Extends dinner event? I don't know. I don't think Extends would help me. It's <laughs> <laughs> hard to stretch three, three inches into four inches. <laughs> Right, here's his other one. This is the this is the first one. This is great. I'm Jimmy Johnson, and I recently became the spokesperson for Extends, the number one male enhancement tablet. Even though I'm the winner of four collegiate and professional football championships and have a sports casting career, I've been surprised at the one big question guys ask me these days. Does Extends really work? <laughs> That's what everyone's coming up and asking, like, all right, yeah, nothing about Michael Irving, the Super Bowls, Troy Aikman. Just one question, Jimmy. Does it work? Can you believe it? So here's my answer. It works for me, and since Extends, it's sold over a bit. <laughs> it works. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Yeah. tablets to men, I'm thinking it works for them, too. Most men want to perform the best they can in just about everything. Isn't that why we buy the biggest and best of everything? So if you want that maximum performance edge every day, wow. I say go long with Extends. <laughs> go long go with Extends. Put, uh, put lead in your pencil, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't. I love how they're just so vague. They don't even tell you specifically what it does for you. It's just, oh, it's going to make everything go so long, much go better. Go deep. Yeah. Going long. Go long, go deep. <laughs> so Jimmy Johnson dropping back to pass. Like, oh, what a great analogy. Whoa. Nailed this metaphor. That's exactly what my erectile dysfunction is like. It's a short pass. Does I need he, to go long. Does he at some point say extends is a touchdown? No, he doesn't. They don't. Get, they don't go. Uh, they don't go that corny. But uh, 
Well, Dad, uh, I know you enjoy when you listen to Sports Talk Radio. You love the you love this clip. This is, of course, Allen Iverson. Uh, Allen uh, Iverson. This is after he had been accused of missing some practice, and uh, they kind of call him out on the press conference. When you just talk about practice, we sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. Practice. practice? I mean, it, listen, we talking about practice. <laughs> I mean, they, they counted it up on YouTube. He says practice 20 times. And I love how he just keeps repeating practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. <laughs> not a game. Not a, not not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We talking about practice, practice. man. I mean, how silly is that? Man? We talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that, and I'm not. I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. But it's I know practice. it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? <laughs> I love how he st- asks himself a rhetorical question after yeah, repeating man. it 20 goddamn times. Yeah, uh, they still bust on him in Philadelphia and WIP. They no, they're not gonna let him go. They, that one in uh, Barkley, he's another one. Yeah, they give it to him. Uh, spitting on the kid and, and all that stuff. Well, here's the best is the end the end of this clip when he talks about his teammates. About the game, the actual game, when it matters. We're talking about practice. <laughs> How the hell can I make my teammates better by practice? <laughs> How can I make my teammates? Well, it's pretty easy. I imagine practicing together makes you a better player. <laughs> now, Dad, you yourself, uh, you yourself like to play some basketball. Yeah, I still play some hoops. Get down to the YMCA. Absolutely. Yeah. Battle it out. Yeah. I remember last time though. See, it seems like you kind of have a rival down there at the YMCA. You yeah, kind of have an arch nemesis. Guys, uh, we we usually you know go at it once in a while. George is his name. Yeah. He's an older guy. <laughs> he's you know he's always giving me a hard time. He's he actually I got like a little chip out of my nose a couple of years ago. He, he swung an elbow and. He has like psoriasis or like real dry elbows, like a, a razor blade that <laughs> just caught the end of my nose. I probably should have got a stitch in it, in, but yeah, by and large, it's a pretty good group. But uh, it, it's really not just exercise; it's like a, you know, social things. So team building. Three, yeah, three times a week, uh, I get down there. There's about 15, 20 of us from all walks of life, and you know. I don't really jump as much as I used to. I just run You don't down. got the vertical that you used to have? I just then? hustle down to, you know, go to my spot in the corner. And then um, I like to take the ball out. That way I can touch it every time we go down. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> I hear you. I do remember when I, I, I was home for Christmas. I forget which Christmas it was. But when I came home and then we we were hanging out and we were playing the game. And then I just remember at one point hearing, George, God, watch those elbows. It's fucking Christmas. <laughs> That's right. It's when it comes down there, man. Merry Christmas. Somebody tries to take your pins out or something, you know. Hey, they they uh they play to win over there. Yeah. All right, Dad. So you grew up in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Went to college in um went to college at Lehigh. Joined the Air Force. Describe where I come in. Uh, well, that's that's uh, trying to think uh, when. Uh, when you really happened, when you first started your life. It's probably right around, um, let's see, it must have been in the fall sometime. But, um, yeah, we moved out. I was born out. in July. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe you were like uh, 
you know, a New Year's Eve uh, fling or something. <laughs> but that would have been more in the August time. <laughs> That's when I was born, August 24th. So maybe my dad was having a, a happy New Year. But uh, yeah, we, yeah, we went out there and uh, just I moved out for four months by myself. And then your mom came out, and it was just kind of middle of the nowhere, you know. We now uh, this is a this is a, a story of when um, describe your mom's reaction and mom's mom reaction when they found out you guys were getting married. Um, well, uh, Agnes wasn't real happy with that's me. my yeah that's, that's uh, uh, your, your mom's mom. Mom's mom. So, uh, but I mean, I think she liked me. She just didn't like me, you know, taking her daughter away from home. And then my mom, I, I don't know what she thought, but I still remember the day I left to to go to Utah. She was uh, trying to help me pack, and she's putting, uh, you know, soap and shampoo and all this stuff in my suitcase. I go, Mom, I'm just going to buy that when I get out there. I'm, I'm moving out there. And she looked at me, and she goes, well, I don't know. They may not have that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she knew where Utah was. Well, she was a smart lady. She knew where it was, but... You know, who goes to Utah? I was, I was out there in uh, Ogden, Utah, you know, stationed at an Air Force base. I was like four years younger than you, you know, <laughs> at the time. And, uh, you know, we just started in with kids, and uh, it was a, it was a good time. I've had a pretty, you know, pretty good life going. Yep. Starting out we went out to, uh, we had a, uh, we celebrated your big 50th birthday over in Ireland. We took a giant giant family trip over there it was um, our family some of our aunts and went there did a, a week-long trip through ireland was that uh had you uh, this was your uh, second time in ireland yeah your mom and i was there uh 10 years ago and we were more in the southern part of ireland uh but this was going up north and uh like i was telling you on the ride over i saw the you know the pictures in your room i really like going to belfast and uh you know, hearing about the times of the troubles and yep. and our uh, asking the guy all these all these uh, questions the about the bus driver Jerry. He's the funniest funniest guy going. He's a wisecracking Irish he was, guy. Yeah, he had a real you know uh, sarcastic tinge to everything he was saying. I remember we were going through um, Northern Ireland and he was trying to tell us how you know everything's reconciled and the the Ulstermen, the Orange folk, <laughs> and and and. Uh, the Catholics from the South are starting to reconcile. Things are getting better, and they, mm. I think they even went so far as to say they love us coming up here on the bus because we're filling up the hotels, and then we get up to the intersection in that one, uh, you know, predominantly English area, and the guy comes up and kicks the bus. And yeah, some the some drunk guy wanders by, sees a tour bus, kicks the yeah, side of the yeah. bus, and just keeps on going. I also do remember we went, we were in Belfast. And they, they kind of warn you, obviously, when we went, it was right after uh, some a policeman had been shot in Northern Ireland. So there was a slight flare-up, but obviously things are a lot calmer now. And they kind of give you this warning before you go out. They're like, all right, things are fine. It's totally safe. Just whatever you do, don't talk about religion or politics. Like, if you're out and about, don't talk about religion or politics because you don't know which way the people lean or if they have strong opinions one way or another. We go out, get across the street, get one drink in. My dad slams the drink down, and loud enough for everyone to hear, he's like, God, this place is crawling with Protestants. 
we're we're literally across the street from the Europa Hotel, which is the one one of the most bomb sites in all of Europe, like a, a major point of conflict in the in the in the troubles between Northern Ireland and Ireland. And my dad has has to get that line in, just to kind of test the waters of. Okay, let's see if it gets really crazy. Now I noticed you were drinking some whiskey over there, Dad. That's that's yeah, normally not a little out of character for me. Yeah, normally you don't you don't drink uh, whiskey. Now you're an Irish guy. What do you what do you think turned you away from liquor? Uh, well, that goes back to the uh, kennel. You were talking about the kennel, and uh, uh, at the time we were drinking whiskey in college, and I ended up my best friend and I almost killing each other. <laughs> All right, so take <laughs> us through. How does the night go down? <laughs> well, we just sit that sat there with a bottle of Jim Beam, he and I and my other buddy, and got really, really drunk, and I went to get the TV, and I dropped his TV through a glass end table, and he got all pissed off at me, and before you know it, the bottle went out the window, and we were out back behind the uh, the kennel with about 15 Puerto Ricans standing around, egging us on, trying to get us to get into a fight, and thank God, you know, cooler heads prevailed, and uh, so I learned at a young age not, not to... Uh, Totally overindulge. Right. Well, I still try from time to time. You still you still make a run from <laughs> from now and again. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dad. Let's. Uh, I'd like to get your pulse on some current events. What do you think about the oil spill right now? What uh, would you, Tom? What would Tom Green do to fix this oil spill, or what's your take on it? Well, I don't know. It's really, really <clears throat> bums me out. I've been, especially out here, I've had a chance to read the, you know, the papers every day, and and I'm, you know, reading about what's going on. It's, it's just a, a sad story that, uh, you know, BP and all these oil companies in, in the race to to make money have really kind of put the whole ecology at risk, the environment at risk, trying to do the shortcuts and. And the workarounds and 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 you know move the schedule along to make money. I think uh, you know they really got to be held accountable. I don't know what else to do except uh, you know what they're doing now. It's hold them accountable. Try yeah, to. Yeah, I just it. hope uh, Obama you know has the backbone <laughs> to do something about it. Because, now you're not uh, a you didn't vote for Barack Obama. No, yeah, no, I'm not a big Obama fan. But honestly, I don't. I can't knock him too much on anything he's done. The economy was thrown upon him. Uh, he hasn't really been challenged on the world stage. I hope you know he doesn't get challenged. But you know, I wish Bush was still in there. But you know, Obama's doing as good as you can for, I guess, a you know, a liberal Democrat. So. <laughs> you're not you're not a big uh, liberal Democrat, Dad. No, no, I'm pretty much uh, straight Republican. <laughs> more more Republican conservative. That's All right. It. Now I uh I got now as being my dad, I had gotten in trouble a couple times in high school. What was it like when you came home and found out that I had a big party? Describe what was going on in your head. I remember stuff that you said to me, but what what were you thinking about? Uh which which party was that? Well the the one where you guys were <laughs> the neighbor told on you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, I was thinking back to when I was your age and, and some of the stuff I did, and so I had to act like my dad and give you a bunch of shit and try to teach you a lesson. <laughs> Do you think you were successful in teaching me a lesson? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I guess, did you I guess, learn a lesson back then? Yeah, I learned some I lesson. So, you know. I didn't have another party, though. Yeah. So, well, so I, guess, I guess in that something. sense, 
go. In that sense, I I learned a lesson. There you go. We uh we went out to dinner recently in Pasadena. We went out to a Tibetan restaurant. We had what uh we had yak for the first oh, time. Yak. I never. Yeah, it was delicious. Yes, I uh yeah, it was the same type of thing. You you uh you had a crowbar in some corny yak jokes. Yeah, like, I, I hope this yak doesn't make me yak. <laughs> Did you yak it well, up? Well, the concierge was yakking about it, so we had to go over there. <laughs> uh, actually, this week, between that Korean barbecue the other night that Ryan suggested and uh, the yak meat, and then we had the uh, that other uh, the Brazilian thing, man. I was, I'm eating good this week. Eating now, good? Now, what does yak meat taste like? I guess I, I thought it kind of tasted like a skirt steak, maybe a little gamier. It's pretty tasty. It, it tastes like chicken. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, Chicken. <laughs> no, no. Or steak. Now, Dad, I, I noticed uh, you were talking about the concierge. It's kind of stringy. I noticed you have this new move where anytime we go out and anytime there's a girl, even, you know, basically a girl above age 18, you immediately start kind of hard selling me like, all right, this guy, he's a... Uh, He's a comedian. He's got his own radio show. Like, does the like comedy? Plug, yeah. yeah <laughs> giving out my website. There may be some guys from the class and some some women right now listening to you. Yeah, they're checking it out. They're yeah. really, I don't really know digging they're gonna, it. I don't know if they're gonna show up for class tomorrow, knowing I'm their teacher. But there's two guys from Singapore might be might be listening in. And yeah, we're real big in Singapore. Another another lady from Boston. She's probably not gonna show up for class tomorrow. <laughs> Now, whenever I told you about, uh, <clears throat> whenever I told you back in high school, like, oh, hey, Dad, I, I got a date. What were the, what were the couple questions you always seemed to bring up? Uh, well, I always had two questions. Um, is she white? <laughs> <laughs> That's only because my dad said that. He actually wasn't a racist. But he, he was just kind of old school, and he would just say that for, for a laugh. But actually, he was just the opposite. And. Um, well, yeah, you had a date the other night, right? What did I ask you? <laughs> oh, yeah, the first thing. Oh, hey, did you get any offer? <laughs> now, where do you where do you get that expression, get anything offer? When I was from high school. That was yeah, that was old. High school thing. Uh, you know, that was old school. If you went out with somebody, you know, it was always about first base, second base. You know, did you get anything offer? So. What were the bases back in your day, Dad? Uh. Well, you know what the base is. Everybody knows what the bases are. They haven't. They haven't changed. <laughs> they haven't changed. <laughs> Has the human body changed? No, not that <laughs> I know. Yeah. Good times, Dad. Thanks yeah. for coming on the program. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what do you think of this? Uh, what do you think of the whole studio setup? What do you think of being on talk radio? This is really impressive. Like I said, I didn't think it was such a big production out here. I thought you were working out of some guy's basement or something. Man. Yeah, it's no, just, it's a it's a nice studio. I feel like I'm it's on a Howard jet. Stern show. It's like real, you know, like this face shield in front of the mic and all this soundboard equipment and it's called, now you always it's called called clicking away. Spit, you always seem to spit guard, spittle guard. <laughs> yeah. You always seem to get annoyed that I was a big Howard Stern fan. What's your what's your beef with Howard Stern? I don't know. I just uh, the guy rubs me the wrong way. I'm I mean, I was Tom. I was back in uh, PA, you know, working at, out of Valley Forge, going over to Princeton, and I'd listened to him for like six weeks. I listened to him, and you know, the one day he was talking about um, white guys getting tattoos, and then it, this thing was about black guys getting white tattoos, and it was just I don't know. He just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> rubs you the wrong way. I got one more uh, childhood story I want to touch on. 
Can you explain to people how you burned down a field? Uh, I never burned down a field. It, that was kind of, you know, the, the, the fish tale that got Oh, died. okay. All I did was, me and my buddy Billy Warnicky, we used to sleep out in the summer, and we'd camp out in the backyard, and as soon as his mom would turn the light off, we'd take off and um, go run the streets, you know, when we were in 7th and 8th grade, and then one day I went down to the local school, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and we had uh, riding around all night with our chopper bikes and stuff, and we were soaking this log with uh, lighter fluid, and... <laughs> And we lit it, and just when we lit it, it was flaming up against the side of the school, and the cops came by, and, and my friend Billy said, let's run. I said, no, he might shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily uh, he didn't shoot. Yeah. You were able to uh, create. It wasn't much of a field. I mean, it was all, you know, crabgrass all right. and stuff. So you, you took care of some crabgrass yeah, with a soaked log. I didn't get to, I got grounded the rest of the summer. I didn't get to see him till high school, uh. you know. Bummer. Well, Dad, like I said before, thanks for coming on. Logan, you want to take us out with a haiku? Let's do it. <laughs> English Protestants. Jimmy Johnson loves extends. Tom burned down a field. <laughs> I told you I was an exaggeration. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, Logan, I wrote it Logan down. already. Logan that's already. That's exactly when I got inspired to write it down. Logan already had it ready to go in the queue. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in the green room. We do it live here every Thursday, eight o'clock on LA Talk Radio. Make sure you tune in next week. We got special guest Ed Greer coming on, and uh, make sure you check out the podcastfan.com. We're nominated for Podcast of the Month, so you can log on there and vote. You can vote once a day if you feel you feel fit to do that. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and I'll uh, talk to you next week. You better vote for us or don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Logan with the hard sell. I like that, Logan. <laughs>